and welcome aboard the Battleship Pretension. I am Tyler Smith. I'm David Bax. And thank you for listening. David. Yes. How you doing? Oh, I'm, uh, oh, well, I'm in a bad mood. Um, no, I'm in a, I'm in a perfectly good mood. Even after um, that conversation? Yeah, yeah, we had a, we had a great, uh, conversation inspired by the fact that, um, uh, inspired by the, the election and, and looking forward to 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 2016 and what sort of what sort of fun we have there we had we we talked for way too long when we should have been talking about movies and re- i think it was just recording. long enough <laughs> um but let me tell you why the other reason i'm in a good mood okay not just because i uh can't wait to um uh, uh vote against marco rubio in 2016 or what have you that is not um, a solid prediction on my part, by the way. I'm pretty sure I'm the one who made that yeah, prediction, yeah, actually, not so. you. Um, anyway, uh, I'm in a good mood because I, I can't wait till I have a chance to play a game of bingo with my friends. Oh. Because uh, literally just an hour or so before we hit, we, we hit record here, um, uh, a guy named uh, Rob, is his name, mm-hmm. uh, on Twitter, he sent us a link to... Battleship Retention Bingo, mm-hmm. which is essentially like the same idea of a Battleship Retention drinking game. He just took stuff that comes up a lot on the show, yeah. but he made bingo cards of it. And he put each one, like there's like five, or there's a bunch of different yeah. cards. There's like ten different ones. And it's all the same, I guess, what, one, two, three, four, five, same 25 things in different orders. So you could listen to the show with your friends. And whenever one of us says one of the things that comes up on this bingo card, you... See, and already we've uh, hit a snag. Yeah. Who would ever listen to this show with their friends? Yeah, that is weird. That's that a very weird. strange thing. Okay, everybody. Like, um, that's the, it's like the old days. Like, let's gather around the computer <laughs> yeah, and listen to this yeah, that's for true. possibly four hours. Um, but I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm just going to read all the things that are on the beginning. Go right ahead. Uh, start, okay. Uh, there's two sort of categories. There are actual words or phrases that are said, and then there are general topics or ideas yeah. that come up now here's so, the thing just just go through and read them all and then i'm gonna i'm gonna, I'm gonna ask you about a couple of them afterwards okay, i'm gonna start with just the actual things that are said actual words that are said on the podcast that would get you a spot on the bingo card with okay. your with your dauber that's what those are called oh i didn't know that um propel grape zero looking at a bottle of it right now mm-hmm. uh no thank you that's neither here nor there delightful formalist and then, of course, your free space is let's going to do it, shall we? Because mm-hmm. that's going to happen in every episode. Uh, Tim ev- Tams. Not every episode. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Tim Tams. Um, I'd say that's about right. That's definitely a Tyler thing. Yeah. <laughs> um, this one is uh, for like diehards only. You remember this one? Uh, sci-fi viz of a post hum foot. And if you don't know what that means, I don't blame you. Yeah. Uh, we don't. It's, we haven't. We've only talked about it a few times. I guess it just is memorable. Yeah, it For the is, same reason yeah. it's memorable to us. Anyway, uh, contrarian, super taster, friend of the show Jason Eakin. Now that's not an appearance by friend of the show Jason, <laughs> yeah. Jason Eakin. That is simply the words friend of the show Jason, Jason Eakin coming yeah. up. Um, and then finally, ugh. Yeah. Okay. Those are the things that are said. I think that one's more mine, right? I, I don't do, know. I feel like I do it. Okay, too. that's good to know. I'm but glad. I also here's the thing that I catch myself saying that I should I should stop because it's completely lifted from Tom, Tom Sharpling. Okay. Either oh boy or oh brother. Yeah. Oh boy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> oh brother. <laughs> I, I say those things, but I know that it's just Tom Sharpling being in my head. Yeah. Uh, now here are the general ideas that that come up or things that happen. Okay. And here's the one I know you're gonna have a question on. Uh, Tyler Mox guest. Okay. Now, we'll, you, we'll talk about it after you read them all. Oh, okay. I thought you wanted to stop me. Okay. Um, 
David won't talk about his day job. Tyler talks about his cat. Tyler mocks David tie. I'm not wearing a tie today. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tyler mentions Tom Waits. Now, I feel like I actually maybe... I might actually mention Tom Waits more often than you These as days, a way yeah. of like making fun of him. <laughs> yeah. Um, Tyler talks about chicken strips. That's common. Uh, Tyler mentions his best actor award. <laughs> this is best high school male actor in the state of Missouri in the year 2000. Yes. Okay. Any more caveats I can put on that? Any more qualifications? In a one-act play. In a one-act play. <laughs> All right. Um, Tyler expresses his dislike of sports. Uh, Tyler mentions his increasing conservatism. <laughs> David tries to wrap up the episode. I, like I that do like that they say tried. Yeah. I love it. Uh, David talks about a press screening. Or Tyler decries talking in the theater. Okay. I don't know why that one has to be just you. Yeah. All right. We so both, Neither one of us is a fan of talking in the theater. Yeah. And so, so I've got some questions. Because, uh, of course... Uh, I'm sure that Rob, who I believe is a is a more than one lesson listener uh, as well, so I know that he's, you know, he's a fan. Uh, but nonetheless, uh, anytime somebody does something like this, it will cause uh, some soul searching. And see, here's uh, the difference between you and me. Okay, uh, and the, but, but, but that's my way of saying here's what's wrong with you. Okay, there's a lot of you on this list. There is a lot of me on that. And list. see, you take that as an insult. When I read it, I thought, oh, this guy clearly likes Tyler more than he likes me. No, I think it's this. I think it's, I think it's that I'm just more of an opinionated asshole, and it's you know. This is this is your. And by like, the way, this is your like junior league basketball game all over again, which is. Oh. <laughs> uh, there's there it is. I don't know. That's only come up a couple times on the show. Yeah, I don't know if I'm I can. Deeply embarrassed about that. By the way, maybe you should bring. I have up. asked you if I could talk about it on the show, and you've told I know. me yes. I didn't expect it to be every episode because I think it like it speaks to something. Can I tell the story again now? Or are you embarrassed? <sighs> Yes. Okay, I'll tell the story very briefly. That tie you're wearing is so stupid. <laughs> Not wearing a tie. Um, young Tyler playing, uh, I'm going to guess, uh, I, or I'm going to picture in my mind a church league, because that's what I play basketball for. It's a church league. No, actually, I don't even remember what it was. I think it was just uh, like a local okay. league. It wasn't associated with any church or school. Um, okay, so you, but you were playing basketball. Community, I guess. Yeah. yeah. You're what, 11? Uh, how old are you in like third grade? Yeah, uh, I'm not good at that. I think I was probably like eight or nine. That sounds okay. right for third grade. Sure, yeah. Um, playing basketball. Your team's on defense. The guy, you're, now you're playing a, a man-on-man defense, it sounds like, in this story. I wasn't there, obviously. But the guy you're guarding, he gets past you or over you whatever he scores a basket. The parents on that guy's team's side start cheering for their player who just scored the basket in your mind though they're jeering mocking you there is a reason those two words uh rhyme (laughs) yes for not doing your part as a defenseman uh and so you take it to heart and you is defenseman the the phrase there is that actually what it's called i guess on defense on defense defenseman uh, i'm a hockey fan defenseman is actually okay anyway uh, on defense they're not doing you're not doing your job that's how you take their cheers yeah. Not, not for the person they came there to see. For this person, they have this this nine year old. They have no idea who he is. They're all half of the half of the stands, all pointing and laughing and jeering at you. And so you tell them to shut up. Yes, I do. <laughs> and I and my dad got really mad at me, as he should. As he, should he? Yeah. Here's an idea. Don't force your kid into fucking sports <laughs> because maybe right. you've maybe you've heard oh, me say it or not you're, you're a, a time or two. Here. 
but uh, I don't care for sports. <laughs> um, you know what I do like? Chicken strips. Oh, man. If this were a drinking game, we, we'd have some like... Uh, but no, manslaughter charges. You know here's the thing. So I, I, I only bring up that story. Okay. Maybe that's, that's maybe the third time it's ever come up. Okay. Because I think that does encapsulate this thing we're talking about here. It was that you take this as an insult when it is not meant that I way. I did not take it as an insult. Here's the thing. What it, what it ultimately comes down to. I said soul searching. Okay. I didn't say I was getting defensive. Although that idea of Tyler mocking the guests. I got I take umbrage with that. Like I feel yeah, like we'll I don't mock. Okay. We'll, we'll get, get to that. that in a second. Um. But uh, no, what it ultimately came down to is just, you know, there are certain turns of phrase that I like. Um, one that is not on there, much to my surprise, is to a certain extent. I oh, say yeah. that a lot because I really enjoy it. Um, it uh, celebrates nuance, that phrase. Uh-huh. And so, but no, one of the things that, that, that got me was just, like, I, I know I have these turns of phrase, but when I say them so often that a person acknowledges it, like, like I'd say that's about right. Okay, that's neither here nor there. That one is, I, I, I'm very aware of that one. But me saying, uh, that sounds about right. And by the way, that, that's not neither here nor there. I feel like I say that too. Yeah. I think we both say that, yeah, but uh, I'd say that's about right is definitely a title. That's, that's definitely me, and it's just one of those where it's like, I know I say it, but I guess I say it too much, and then just, is it just one of those, th- is it the kind of thing where people are just like, ugh, he's saying that again, you know, or... I, that's or whatever i don't it's but i don't think people are annoyed you know and people do uh it's not unlike years ago it's been years but like when people say that uh tyler says like too much Mm -hmm. um which i still do but i very but when i went back and listened to to episodes i'd be like i i guess i do say it a fair amount and so it just i became it's like am i saying this too much is it becoming like like schmidt talks about on on mike schmidt sorry uh i I feel like i don't know him well enough to just say schmidt um mike schmidt on his show talks about there are certain certain phrases that are like a crutch to him Uh and he gets very concerned about it and so i feel like maybe that's that's how it is with me as well it's two different things it's saying like a lot is um yeah that's something you're doing like without thinking it's it, it might be a bit of a problem and i'm sure i have things like that i'm sure i say uh or whatever um but uh, having a phrase that you like mm-hmm. is a different thing. That's completely completely okay. I guess it's just not... A, that's neither here nor there is a phrase I like. The other one, however, I feel like is just a phrase that kind of just started happening. And now I just say it all the time because I can't think of anything else to say. Yeah, I don't know. I, I don't think it's something you should feel bad about. There are things... Th- there are things that I love about that bingo board. Uh, oh, yeah. Just the fact that like somebody <laughs> listens to us enough that they know... Cer- they notice certain patterns. Yeah. I, I'm a big fan of David tries to wrap up the episode. That yeah. Is, that is something that happens that's, often. That's a fan right there. <laughs> Not, yeah. Um, so, I, so, I, I, okay. I have, I have phrases that I return to often in my daily life, especially in discussions with my girlfriend that maybe don't come up here, mm-hmm. but I'm a big fan of, uh, um, uh, uh, well, this is all basically the same sentiment. Okay. Uh, we'll cross the bridge. We'll cross the bridge when we come to it. Okay. I say that constantly yeah. uh, when I'm making plans with my girlfriend, or um, we'll play it by ear. Or my personal favorite, we'll play it as it lays. So it sounds all to the me same like, idea. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, you just don't like to commit to things. It sounds like uh, I early on anyway. I don't like to plan for things ahead of time, and then on the day when something is happening that I haven't planned for, I get very stressed out about it. Uh, I hear you. So, uh, it's stupid of me to do that. But anyway, that, these are things that don't, that I say constantly that don't come up on the podcast. Cause right. you and I aren't 
We aren't making a lot of plans together while we're recording the show. No, we're really not. We really cannot stand each other. Um, <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, like I like I have certain phrases that I'll say like with Jen that there's no reason I would say it here. Like uh, I'm not a mind reader, and uh, why did feel- I why did I ever get into this? <laughs> I'm not and, a mind reader. Is like, by the way, I've never said that. I'm making a joke. Oh, because I have said that. And it's some, it's the kind of thing, it's one of those things that it's like, it's such a cliche that it's like, I can't believe I'm about to say this, but it is also the perfect thing for the way yeah. I'm feeling right now. Yeah. I might, I might've said something like it. Uh, I think I specifically tried to use the word telepath once because <laughs> I did not want to say the word, the <laughs> phrase mind reader. I'm not a telepath. Uh, yeah. And that, by the way, th- that brings up a, that brings up a whole other argument, but, um, <laughs> I'm, not, I'm me- not Sookie from true blood here. <laughs> uh, I'm going to assume she's a telepath. Uh, I'm not Charles Xavier. <laughs> Uh, is what I would say. Uh, in Wet Hot American Summer, whenever Ginny Garofalo is trying to convince people like she's not joking, she's mm. like everyone's like not taking her seriously, and she <laughs> says, "What am I, Ruth Buzzy?" <laughs> like <laughs> that's her go-to. Um, I, I love that movie so that's much. It's pretty great. Uh, yeah, uh, there is. Okay, so our our old roommate Cole, he and I once uh, made jo- He and I were both single at the time, but uh, he made he and I made jokes about. Uh, Wanting to get into a relationship and then in the midst of an argument saying with all sincerity, and it's much funnier if you hear it in Cole's voice, but just saying, I just want to be with you. Okay. (laughs) And that I have said, uh, in, in a relationship, um, which is, uh, ridiculous, but, uh, but yeah, now, okay. Yeah. Let's talk about the Tyler Mox guests thing because here's the thing. I don't think you mock the guests, but I know exactly what he's talking about. Okay. Cause you have, uh, a thing and maybe it doesn't come across to certain listeners um but uh you have a i'm not sure what the the word is you 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 put on a a false tone yes uh, bravado is what i call it yeah and, and you uh well you will say something that is like i think you're wrong or i'm putting you down or something like that but it's pretty clearly yeah they i mean they always uh, for example um uh, I think there was, I, I know this because I had a little moment after I said it with, uh, with Amy, mm-hmm. um, where I said, you know, I don't want to, you know, I don't want, I don't remember exactly what I said, but something to the effect is it's like, you know, I don't want to tell you that, that you're wrong. However, <laughs> just something like that where, uh-huh. and she laughed. Uh, so yeah, and in I that think, moment, I'm just like, it, did I come off as too much of a dick? But she, then she was laughing. So it was fine. The thing is, I think Rob here who made the bingo cards, I think he knows that you're joking and maybe he just. Like he said, David tries to wrap up the episode. Maybe what he should should have said is Tyler pretends to mock the guests. There you go. I don't think he really thinks you're mocking the guests. Yeah. Or maybe he's referring, you know, like uh, when we have a uh, friend of the show, Jason Eakin, on. Um, oh, right. Like I'll make fun of him. I'll make fun of... Uh, or when Paul like- Goebel's not on and we make fun of him. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? Put that one down because uh, we kind of go out of our way to make fun of, uh, of Goebel. But... Um, but yeah, no. By and large, I don't. I don't mean to give the impression that I was insulted. I was actually quite honored that somebody felt the need to do that. Um, it kind of made. Uh, I don't know if he felt compelled. <laughs> I think he absolutely felt compelled. What? Here's the thing: Who does that? That does not feel some kind of compulsion. Um, you know, nobody is just like, "Well, I got nothing else to do." You know, I think I'm going to do this. Uh, and so, um, no, I, I was very. It was, I was very excited. I showed it to Jen, and she thought it was great. Yeah, um, and really enjoyed it. Uh, and uh, and yeah, David, here's here's what you got to do. All right, if you want to be on there just as much as me, uh-huh. you got to be have more. What was that? Just as much as I. See, there's one. David is a dick. Okay, <laughs> I think throw that in there. More specific. David corrects Tyler's grammar. Yeah, 
And I, it, I, which I usually appreciate, by the way, because mm-hmm. I, I do try to make changes. But I, you know, as I, uh, my mind goes much faster than than uh, my mouth, uh, and so I will try to ke- try to keep up and find that I have uh, said a sentence that doesn't make any sense. Um, oh man, that's uh, when I, uh, I occasionally will listen back to this podcast to one of these episodes or one mm-hmm. of the previously on episodes just to like check up on myself mm-hmm. and i'll notice something like i did a previously on episode where in i was talking about a premiere of a season mm-hmm. and at one time i said finale instead of premiere and didn't realize until oh. i listened back and it drove me nuts yeah anyway you you want to go back you're like well i do have recording equipment i could go in and just i could just record me saying premiere <laughs> right. and then just go in and plug it in but it, it would probably be pretty pretty obvious um but yeah no it was great thank you very much yeah. rob for doing that and no. i think we'll try to we'll try to put something on the site so that people can download this if oh, they yeah, want that'd be to cool. um now uh what's not on the bingo thing but should be is david and tyler talk about tweakedaudio.com okay. slash pretension all right uh let me break that down for you in case you don't know in case you're new here um tweakedaudio.com is uh where you go for um super affordable and high quality professional quality mm-hmm. uh earbuds in a variety of styles and colors right that's tweakedaudio.com uh you spell tweaked e- with an ea i think people know right. that but in case you don't uh tweakedaudio.com uh now what i said before was tweakedaudio.com slash pretension let me let you know what that's about if you uh, go to tweakedaudio.com slash pretension, it gives you all the benefits of going to tweakedaudio.com. You still have access to all the earbuds um, and watches. We mm-hmm. never talk about the watches, but there are watches. Well, we haven't gotten any. Uh, Bruce. <laughs> uh, in the variety of styles and colors. Um, but if you, go, if you add that slash pretension thing in the URL, uh, then any um, purchase you make will be one third off free shipping david here's that's our gift to you it sure is thanks for listening everybody uh yeah the uh here's the thing i remember back uh when we did our comic-con wrap-up episode and you this year's yes uh and you you didn't necessarily make fun of me for doing my uh my salesman thing uh and uh, passing out uh, no you this again it's a basketball game again you thought i was making fun when I thought it was awesome that you, you did that. You kept saying that, like, that you, like, that you wish that one of our listeners would see it and secretly think, like, oh, geez. That means it's <laughs> something I should have been ashamed of. No, I don't. Th- I just think that would be funny. I wouldn't. Yeah, you're not in that position. I, no, I think the idea of someone getting the wrong impression is funny. Oh, not when it's me. <laughs> okay. And so, um, but no, what I think is, uh, I, think I have this idea, by the way, this is completely off topic. Okay. But someone getting the wrong impression. I've been toying. I, I, I keep, I keep wanting to tweet something along the lines of like, help me get to 200 followers. Please retweet. Because I like the idea that that will be retweeted. And someone who doesn't know who I am will click on that, click on me and see how many, how many followers I have yeah. and think, Oh, that really worked. Yeah. <laughs> It's a very it's, funny idea to me. This guy has a lot of friends, although I, it can't be more than 199, right? Um, yeah, so you should do that. It'll be fun. Well, now I've talked about it. So now I've gotten the joy of having done it. Okay, fair enough. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, so, David, next time we're at Comic-Con, this tweaked thing has really brought you out of your shell from a salesman's point of view. Now, next time we go to Comic-Con... I'm going to have you right there next to me, and you're going to be like, "Oh, sure, hey everybody, Battleship Pretension. What is that? I'll tell you. You know, just saying." I can pedal all your snake stuff. oil. Um, now, here's another thing. I don't mention it very often. I mention it usually only about once a year, twice maybe. Um, 
but you know what? Maybe next year, uh, the uh, Rob can can make make this one. Um, more than one lesson has uh-huh. been nominated for a podcast award. You have uh, by the time this airs, you'll only have a few days to go in and vote well, for when it. When does voting end? The 15th. The 15th. So that means, when does this go up? The 10th? This goes up on Sunday night. So that is... Oh, that's the, uh, I think the 12th? No, Friday's the 9th. So this goes up late on the 11th, okay. early on the 12th. Okay. So if you, you're on the East Coast, it will be the 12th by the time you this goes up. Okay, so you late. really only have like, at this point you've got three days yeah. left. And you can vote once a day. So go to podcastawards.com. Scroll on down to the religion section, click on more than one lesson, scroll down further, uh, and then you'll write in your name and your email address, uh, and then it'll ask, are you a podcast, uh, are you a podcaster, a listener, or both? You know what? I can't give you that answer for yourself. Yeah. Okay? That's up you'll to you. You'll find that within yourself. Yeah. And so then it will email you uh, a button to click for confirmation, and there you go. And you're good for 24 hours. Then you go and do it again. again. So I, I, I want to win this thing. I don't think I'm going to, but and, and I again, like I said shot. last week, it's all about democracy. It doesn't matter who you vote for. No, David, <laughs> what, what, what am I doing wrong? Here? You have to vote for me. <laughs> That's what I am saying. You're saying one has to vote for you. Not that I have to. Oh, but I should. I'd like you to. Yeah, I probably should. Have you haven't voted for me once this year? Have you? I didn't vote for. <laughs> I haven't voted for you once any year. Nor did I vote for us last year. That's right. I voted for us on your behalf last year. <laughs> I would type in your e- your name, your email address, and then I would just count on you to uh, when you got the email, just click on com- on confirm. Yeah. I, I think I only did that once. Now, now you are going to be barred from being nominated again because they're going to hear this, and you know, you know how strict the podcast awards are. So strict, in fact, they misspelled more than one lesson. Anyway, um, it's more than one lesson, uh, but it does link to my uh, okay. website, so I assume it's me they're refer- referring to. Yeah, Not- that lets you know just how bullshit the awards yeah. are. But they do have a good-looking trophy, and as I've said year to year, it looks really good in a Christmas letter to my relatives who are never going to check up on that. Uh-huh. So. <laughs> now, oh yeah, so it is more than one lesson. They didn't mean to nominate more than one lesion, because that would be in the medical podcast Right, category. yeah, yeah, that's in the health and fitness category. <laughs> health and fitness. Where you'll find the Mental Illness Happy Hour, Paul Gilmartin show. You can oh. vote for that as well. Friend of the show. You can head on Holy down G. to sports, click on Scarborough Country. Yeah, also friends of the show. I think that's all. I think those are the only shows we have relationships with. No, friend of the show, Aaron Gibson, throwing shade is in the. I think it's LGBT. Oh, uh, okay. Category. She all right. Nominated along. Uh, she does that show with Brian Safi, whom I don't know at all, mm. but I'm a big fan of that show. Okay, uh, I haven't. I haven't listened to it. It's a very good show. Um, and there's a. Uh, you'd think that in the comedy podcast category, there'd be. At least one show that we have a relationship with. Yeah, there there's is so not. many potty comedy podcasts yeah. out there that like what? Oh yeah, dude, is that on there? I don't think so, but uh, I know that one exists, and I, I know people who like it. But that that name is kryptonite to me. I will <laughs> not listen to a show called Oh Yeah, Dude. <laughs> who who does that? No idea. Someone who hopefully doesn't listen to this <laughs> <Yeah>. podcast. <laughs> They're, they're like, you don't listen to me? No problem, buddy. I'm, I'm going to tear up my scorecard, and I'm going to stop listening right now. I don't care if I get a prize. Um, uh, by the way, you don't get a prize for uh, winning uh, BP Bingo. Yeah, um, no, you don't. Um, B-Pingo. Yeah, and if you, uh, if you know someone who is involved in the production of uh, Yeah, Dude, feel free to direct them to this episode. I'm sure they're great. Yeah, they clearly have a good sense of humor. Sure, yeah. they're a comedy podcast. And they name themselves such a hilarious thing. <laughs> you know it's nice that uh 
you know, I just burn bridges. Uh, maybe this is why we haven't gotten to the point where we get paid. You know, it's just like, hey, I've been nominated for an award, incidentally. And by the way, last year, I had to cut stuff out of the episode of an episode because i tore into the podcast awards so much (laughs) okay so that should tell you maybe that's why i'm not winning yeah and yet they Uh, still nominate me i'm so gleeful about it i know you were really you were falling over in your chair because you couldn't (laughs) believe i I would be ever i would ever be so negative yeah so all right um get get out your bingo card oh go ahead uh, one more thing and this is this really has uh, nothing to do with us but i want to use the opportunity uh so uh friend of the show and one of our writers josh long and my co-host at uh, more than one lesson he uh, my sidekick thank you yes josh anyway um no one wants to see josh promoted to co-host less than i do okay yeah that's that's right yeah (laughs) i've only got one co-host in this world and it's you buddy as far as i'm concerned if Josh wants co-host duties, he can go talk to the guys over at Oh uh, Yeah Dude. <laughs> Maybe he could come over to previously on because it would appear you need one. <laughs> I need some sort of motivation to do. Pre- no, it's, I'll send you an email. The reason I haven't been doing previously on episodes is mostly because the, um, I don't want to go into my day job because I don't talk about my day job. Hoo-ah. Um But basically, we've had some people la- leave and not be rehired, which means a lot more work for me, which means my life for the past few months has been kind of nuts and busy and i have literally since the beginning of the fall season not actually been caught up on tv mm-hmm. i'm constantly behind um and that's so I, I haven't been doing previous stand episodes because i just like by the time i would be able to talk about something the next episode of it it has already aired and mm-hmm. so that's why i haven't been doing it. i'll tell you what i've been keeping up with the walking dead and survivor yeah. and the amazing race I'll record something for you. I heard this last Walking Dead was a uh, a big thing. It was, yes, kind of. They it's, they killed off two characters. They killed off two big characters. Pardon me, but they killed off two characters that show up in all, in every episode. That's what I'm here. Apparently, one of these characters I know. Season two, there's a YouTube video of all of his lines from season two, like, <laughs> and it's like four and a half minutes. That's about right, and includes other people talking. <laughs> Um, and then, yeah, it sounds like interrupted a lot. I'll say that it sounds like the other death, um, was uh, pretty dramatic at least in the way it it unfolded. It's probably the only time I've gotten really like emotional Mm -hmm. aside from like tension, uh, during the show. Um, and, uh, I think it earns it. I I don't know why it, the, they felt they needed to do it. Uh, Maybe to buy some credibility with the uh, audience because they hadn't killed off any like major characters in a Mm while. And they, from a structural standpoint, I kind of like what they what they did is they killed off one character and you think like, oh, my gosh. And then there at the end, it's like, oh, right. I thought they were done with this earlier. Um, but yeah, this uh, and I've said on the show, I uh, do not like The Walking Dead. The, uh, <laughs> and the, did fir- you keep watching the first season was not very good. Uh, the, the pilot was great. And then after that, it's pretty crappy. Uh, season two has some really good moments. Um enough that i that i was interested to watch season three and season three has been pretty solid throughout so okay uh the other thing oh yeah Quick, josh quickly. josh long so he has a uh, a web series called the unemployed mind sure, uh, yeah. they just put out their fourth episode uh the reason i mention it is not merely because of josh because you know whatever but right. um in season three no it's not you know whatever it's oh yeah dude right i'm sorry <laughs> uh their sister podcast is you know whatever um so uh, if you go to theunemployedmind.com and you, you could, I suggest watching all of them, but if you're a fan of this show, you can tune into episode three and you will see friends of the show, Pat Healy and Matt Champagne. 
season four. Uh, see, I'm four. sorry, episode four. You will see a uh, friend of the show, Paul Goebel. Uh, and then episode five, you will see uh, our good friend, Josh Fadum. So if you're not sick of him, if you're not, yeah, well, we've gotten, you know what, you know, watch that episode. That'll kick you right over the two, the four hour mark. Yeah. That, um, last week's episode, I, I wanted to split it up. You talked me to put it on as one episode. And my thinking was no one's going to listen to this. People are just going to see it and skip out. Just wait for the next week. Yeah. We've gotten so much good response. We've gotten more positive feedback to that episode (laughs) than any episode we've ever recorded. Maybe. Yeah. So I guess we got to keep doing four hour episodes. And given that it's half an hour into the show and we haven't gotten to the main topic yet, uh, we've actually, we spent half an hour talking about ourselves in this show. That's all right. Oh boy. Oh boy. And I dare to make fun of a yeah, dude, you don't see that kind of (laughs) shit pulled over. They get right into the topic of whatever it is they talk about on that show yeah i guess sure um they don't yeah they don't spend half an hour uh jerking off all right um get your bingo cards out everybody let's get into it shall we indeed uh what i wanted to talk about um is and i was just talking about previously on it and how busy i've been uh recently um and part of that is because of work and part of that is of course the fall tv season having started but i'm also busy watching movies because it's that time of year right um and uh, I guess what I wanted to talk about is sort of look at the, the, the big like awards contenders of the year a little bit. Yeah. Um, but more talk about why the calendar is weighted the way it is. Um, and if that's necessary, it's a good question. Um, especially in context of, uh, of awards. It, Cause when you think about it, there's really only two, there's, there's really only two seasons that people think about. There's, Summer blockbuster season, mm-hmm. and there's Oscar season. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you don't think in turn. You know, uh, uh, um, Entertainment Weekly will put out like their spring movie preview, their summer movie, their fall movie preview. But it's like, but I don't think about that. Yeah, and my girlfriend and I, now that I'm pretty sure they just do those as an excuse to do a double issue and take a week off. <laughs> it works. Yeah, uh, <laughs> David, when we do our summer movie preview and stuff, that's considered a freebie for us because it means like right. we don't have to prepare anything we just but, have to flip through entertainment but weekly but we don't do double episodes where we get to take the next week off that's true we probably could have taken this week off given <laughs> last week but um yeah so uh so it is interesting that like from january 1st until well at this point like early may that's not like prime time. Even if a movie, a big movie like say hunger games or something like that gets released, but that's considered the exception. Although it sounds like that's not going to be the exception anymore. Uh, what with iron man three being released in like April of next, next year. Um, but I guess January is still considered Oscar season sort of, but it's also just the big dumping ground for, uh, for studios. Yeah. It's mostly, it's time to catch up on the stuff you hadn't seen from the year before, which gets me back into this topic of like, yeah. Um, at what point does it become over overload? At, at what point do worthy movies get missed because they're you know okay look in December of this year okay we're going to have all within one calendar week um, released their the, some of these are you know limited engagements that will then expand but mm-hmm. their first theatrical uh, like non festival releases a more the guilt trip zero dark thirty the impossible not fade away. Django Unchained and Les Miserables. That's all yeah. within seven days. Uh, uh, those are going to hit theaters. Um, you know, is 
I mean, I hear The Impossible's great. I will be seeing it in a few days, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, but is it going to get lost when it's up against, uh, uh, you know, Zero Dark Thirty and Jingle Unchained and Les Miserables? Yeah, it's hard. It's hard to know um, because there's always like the you know like a, a sleeper hit. Uh, you know, you wind up with something like um, I don't remember when Midnight in Paris was released. It was not in the winter or even the fall. I no, think it was, was early. It, in was the it the spring? Yeah, yeah. And so there's, but it was up against you know bi- some bigger things like like Hunger Games and and the Avengers was right around the corner. And yet Midnight in Paris was this weird little movie that it's not weird, but like this this movie that just kind of kept going and, and Mm -hmm. people just, it was so, I think because it was so small, I think people found it somewhat refreshing, Mm -hmm. uh, not to imply that the impossible is small. Uh, its scope is actually pretty big, but, um, you you haven't seen it. Have you? I haven't, but I mean, it's, there's, there's an epic quality to it. It is not a, uh, it's not a kitchen sink drama or anything like that, but, uh, but yeah, it's, there uh, was an HBO like two part, miniseries a few years ago about the same thing about yeah a, simply called tsunami I believe. yeah which i watched and was was decent but i just found it weird that like no one is talking about it it had chibatel edgy four and tony collette yeah and it, it was like kind of a big deal tim roth i think was in it right uh, that's right yeah yeah uh, tony collette's amazing in it by the way okay um here's why you would like tsunami okay because uh tony collette is um, a Christian character okay. who is not defined solely by her Christianness, okay. but also it is not an afterthought. It is okay. woven into her character in a way that is very real and believable and uh, sympathetic. I think you would like that the portrayal of her. I really wish you would uh, not put me in a box, sir. <laughs> is that all you see when you look at me? Yep. All right. Fair enough. <laughs> uh, uh, it was the it was the fifth podcast award uh, nomination in the religion category that did it for you. But yeah. um, I remember recently you and I were on the Paul Goebel show and you were running a little late. And it mm-hmm. was because the thing you were having trouble getting out of downtown because you were at the Staples Center seeing uh, Batman Live, Batman Live, which I highly recommend everybody. Um, and I when I didn't know that when <laughs> when Paul asked uh, Jim asked me like why you were running late, I just assumed some church thing. <laughs> It must be, it must be at some sort of church function or admittedly, out with church people. I do go to church at 5 PM on Sundays downtown, yeah. but <laughs> I thought you were in Santa Monica. No, that's, that's, that's for the, uh, our, our church is, uh, growing. And so okay. we have three services. They're all the same service, but there's a nine, 11 and a five, uh, the nine and 11, those are in Santa Monica. And then within like the last year and a half they added a five which for me works out very well so you got a mobile church it's like a like the like the food truck of churches yeah pretty much it's like, like a pop-up church yeah and that's not unusual for los angeles by the oh. way like it's uh you guys are like no like gypsies kind of yeah. yeah well i mean we show up in the same places all the time you know it's yeah so do gypsies. it's like it <laughs> okay <laughs> all right and that took a turn um but uh you ever see that movie traveler no no it's pretty good bill paxton yeah and mark Wahlberg, i believe Oh, really? Yeah. And uh, uh, yeah, James well, Gammon, he's it. pretty great in it, too. Um, okay. Okay, That's go on. That's the topic at hand. What were we talking about? <coughs> if, if I thought The Impossible would get would get uh, swallowed up. And yeah. At this point, I've stopped predicting any kind of, like, box office mm-hmm. uh, during that season. Unless it's something like Avatar or Mission Impossible. Like, something that is kind of a breath of fresh air for that season. Yeah. I have no idea what's going to do well. I my my instinct is to say that Django Unchained will do well, mm-hmm. um, and maybe Les Misérables. Uh, I mean, that's that's a musical I think that Les has Miserables a will do well. Yeah, I, I, I'm not. I'm bad at box office predictions, but um, it seems to me that 
even the type of people you wouldn't expect to be excited about Les Miserables are excited about Les Miserables, such as you and me. Yeah, that's true. Uh, and and uh, <laughs> other people that I know. So I, I think that's going to be a, yeah, I think it's going to be a four quadrant hit. But at the same time, like <laughs> things I'm not comfortable saying. <laughs> yeah, I didn't care for that one bit. Um, but there's also okay, The Hobbit comes out, and that'll pro- that'll probably be. Mm-hmm. You know what this this speaks to just how this is why I don't like making predictions. Um, this speaks to <laughs> how out of touch I am. Like it's entirely possible that everybody in the world is thrilled for The Hobbit. I don't know because talking to you, yeah, talking to really almost any friend I have, if they're going to see it at all, it's begrudgingly. They're just like, yeah, I guess I have to see it. You know, yeah. And that's probably why I will see it. It's because it'll be a, it'll probably be a pretty big movie, and I have this show, and so like yeah. And I, I'm not a big fan of people. You hear people talk about like uh, like intentionally exposing themselves to things they know they're going to hate, and they talk about like hate reading some sort of like I don't uh, like yeah I don't or, like or hate that. watching. I, I don't do that. The but Hobbit I, could be great. You know, I do kind of. There's a part of me that is interested in seeing The Hobbit because I think it could be uh, so awful. <laughs> It could be, that's the thing, it absolutely could be awful um, when you take a, a fairly short novel and stretch into three long movies. Like, yeah, not only, not just three movies, this first one is like two hours and 40 minutes long. And I know they added stuff from other uh, Tolkien that are, that's kind of world building, but like, come on. Like, yeah. And I, I, don't get, I don't get excited for that trailer one bit. I haven't watched it. Like, as they go through and just like list all the uh, dwarf characters, it's just like, I'm sure that once I watch these three movies, I'll get to know uh, who each one is. But somehow in this two and a half minute trailer where you just go through show, showing a lot of short bearded men. Yeah. Uh, doesn't really do anything for me. But so The Hobbit could be, you know, that could be a huge hit. It probably will be. I have no reason to think it won't be except my own lack of enthusiasm. And I feel like maybe other people aren't, aren't excited either. But I don't think so. I think I am. I think I am the exception uh, in this instance. But uh, but yeah, it is. It is frustrating because, like, I don't I don't have a whole lot of time to to watch movies these days. It's very exciting when I'm able to go see like one or two in a in a week um, that isn't uh, a screening, and I don't have a lot of time for those either. But um, but it is one of those like, for example, over at the uh, three dollar theater that lives uh, that lives by me. That's, <laughs> Sorry, that's true. Um, it is a it's an organic kind of thing. <laughs> um, but. Uh, the theater over by me, they're showing they're showing uh, Paranorman and End of mm. Watch, oh. both of which I'm very interested in. Yeah, me too. And it's like, I'll pay three well, bucks I, to go wait, see that. I saw Paranorman. Oh, okay. Yeah. It's great. I'm interested in, in End of Watch. You, so you've not lost interest in it, is what you're saying, after seeing it. It remains interesting to you. Yes. Okay. Par- Paranorman is, is one of my favorites of the year. Yeah, and I really want to see it, and I keep... So far. We'll get into that in a second. Yeah. And so... But I was also at the three dollar theater interested in seeing Lawless. I don't have a high expectation of liking it, but I'm interested. I'm interested. Some of the stuff you said seemed interesting to me, hmm. and John, I'm. I don't know. I the proposition was my favorite movie of 2006. I thought the road was okay. Could have been a lot better. Um, I, I'm surprised how much I have forgotten the road. Isn't that weird? Yeah, but the road wasn't 2006. No, no, no. That oh, was, I see what you're saying. Jack yeah. Hillcoat. Sorry. I'm yeah. st- I was trying to think what my favorite movie 2006 was. Oh. And it's either... Well, okay. By my rules, 
Once is a 2006 movie, even though it didn't okay. come to America in 2007 until 07. So that might be it. And then also because of how pretentious I am, it, Inland Empire might be. Oh, that was your that was your choice when at we, the time, yeah. But I'm when saying we did I've that, since, yeah. I'm saying I've since seen once, oh, okay. and that counts as a 2006 movie for okay. me. I see because that's what you're it's copyrighted or whatever. Um, but yeah, and so uh, so there are these movies that I want to see, and then I just don't partially because I, my schedule is just crazy. Um, but yeah, like once October kicks in. Then it's just like okay, uh, I would I would be generous and say that the average person probably can is able to see one movie a week. Would you say that? Like that's pretty generous, I think. That's very not that, generous. Not that, they, remember, not, not that they go to see it, but that they are able, able to. Yeah, I, I remember uh, this always sticks with me when Harold Ramis spoke at our school. Yeah, he said that the um, he was talking about working within major studios and how you who you have to. They're not making them for us because people like us go to the movies multiple times a week they're making them for the average american who according to harold ramos goes to the movie theater five times a year i can't imagine that <laughs> i know that i know that i'm like even with my casual like even with my casual movie going friends like they see movies more than that like i think just i've surrounded myself with people that love movies whether they like the movies i like or not yeah, yeah. um but yeah, and so maybe that's the idea is like you get three movies in one week that each one probably appeals to a different demographic. And so you kind of force people to choose knowing full well they're not going to make another choice for two months. Uh-huh. And uh, there's a, I, I feel a little cynical about that and it kind of bothers me. Um, like, But I guess the studios, they're under no obligation to work with each other for the good of film and so that everyone <laughs> right. can see everything they want to yeah. see. Um, you know, there I think – and so I think uh, – so there's a, so I think I just approach this with cynicism in general, partially with studios just being like, okay, I think uh, I think if we release this movie against this one over here, it'll absolutely swallow that one up, uh, regardless of how good it is. We just want people to see our movie. So I get cynical about that, but then I also get cynical about the Oscars because it is award season, and there's always the idea of the uh, – well, with election season, they they talk about the October surprise, which this year turned out to be a hurricane. Um, and so, like, but it's not at all unusual around award season. Well, for wouldn't, their, I, I don't know how you define October surprise, but wouldn't uh, uh, Romney's dominance of the first debate be considered an October surprise? It was. It was so not... It, it was a, yeah. It was a surprise right up until a hurricane hit that basically, as everyone says, froze the race, made Obama look presidential, whereas he did not necessarily in the debates. Uh, certainly that first one, um, and uh, kind of changed the way some people viewed him on a on a national uh, stage. So, um, so yeah. Sometimes like the October surprise is something that somebody did, and sometimes it's just something else completely. Act of God. Yeah, and so. Um, so in the same way, around award season, there's kind of a December surprise, and you get something like Million Dollar Baby, which mm-hmm. no one was talking about at all, hmm. and then and and because it hadn't come out, and people, a lot of people, including crit- critics, hadn't really seen it, and then it, you start seeing some like critics awards mm-hmm. uh, in like November, and uh, and you start seeing some reviews and Ebert talking about how much he liked it, and then I think the Golden Globe nominations came out, and there was some support there, um, and then like. This was the one. I mean, it got picture, director, actor, supporting. Like, it, it got a lot that year, and it came out in December. And so I think there are – and then, then there's also Avatar, which, as I said on the uh, auteur cast, 
if Avatar had come out in the summer, it would not be the biggest blockbuster of all time. Uh, I I think that about Titanic as well. If it had mm-hmm. to compete with movies that are like it, oh, right, right. Um, and that's not to say that Avatar is bad, though I think it is. Um, that's not to say I that. I think it's not, just to yeah. keep things. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. Um, and so it's not, to, it's not to say that it's bad. It's just that, you know, in December... There, what else were people going to see that that was like a kind of a crowd pleasing kind of thing? There was Sherlock Holmes that year, but it was nothing like. I mean, right. the scale of it was no, nothing. No, like. maybe it's not a crowd pleasing. No, 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 I'm now talking about something else. I'm okay. talking about all the different reasons why a studio might. Because I'm just looking at this year, and well, so I made this list for the episode that you have in front of you, and I was trying to think what would be the December surprise. But I guess the nature of your theory to the December surprise means it wouldn't be on my list. I mean, because I wouldn't have foreseen it as a big movie. I'm not Unless sure. you're talking about something like, say, not fade away, if some, something like that. And I don't even totally know what that is. That's uh, David Chase, creator of Sopranos. That's okay, his, uh, his his movie that he that's wrote, right wrote and directed. Um, okay, it's it's most mostly stars I think unknowns because it's mostly about teens. Um, but James Gandolfini is one of the oh okay that's it. that's right. Um, I'm excited for it. Because I'm a big fan of Sopranos. Yeah, you know, ne- like you never know what what the what the December surprise could you know could be, and it, again, it could be November or something like that. But it's this movie that just kind of sh- just kind of comes from behind. Like, I mean, this year I-, I hate to be thinking purely in terms of Oscars. I'll, I'll return to the Avatar thing in a moment, which is a function more box office than anything else. Um, but uh, the, I mean, this year, okay. What, what, let's see. What do you got? You got Lincoln, obviously. You've got Anna Karenina. You have Hitchcock. You've got The Hobbit, Les Miserables, and to a lesser extent, Django Unchained. Like those are. Uh, did I say Zero Dark Thirty? That's an option as well now. Um, now that uh, Hurt Locker got so much support, um, but like there are movies that are obvious Oscar contenders. I won't even say Oscar bait, okay? Because I was having a conversation with uh, our writer Scott Nye about the term Oscar bait and that it is inherently dismissive and that you would never use that with uh, a movie that you like, even if it's totally Oscar baity. Um, mm. like, I wonder if that's true. That was, that was his theory and I, I can't Dang. necessarily, well, I really, really like the artist last year and that might be, I, I might, I might concede that that's Oscar bait. I don't think I, I don't consider that movie Oscar bait at all. Like there's no guarantee that like this, throwback to the silent era is going to get that kind of support in the sense of like wins like hmm. it certainly i don't okay. think would ever be considered a front runner this year then a movie neither of us has seen yet because we didn't go to toronto or 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 see it at afi fest mm-hmm. um silver linings playbook there's okay a, there's a possibility we could both love that movie yeah um but it still seems kind of oscar baity it it does seem like that, and especially now, and a lot of this is based on history as well. Because now that now that the with the fighter uh, a couple years ago, like David O. Russell is now of that pedigree, mm-hmm. um, and so yeah, that's that's I didn't I didn't list it there, but that's uh, absolutely a possibility as well. Um, and so yeah, I mean, and de- you know, characters deal with like mental illness and loss and yeah, connection yeah. with one another, like that's. Oscar bait up and down, um, but probably the it's most essentially the other sister, right? Exactly. Yeah. Same, same movie, pretty much. Oh, I never saw the other sister. I didn't. Uh, you know what? I saw. Uh, I saw part of it. I think some uh, friends in my theater program were watching it, and I don't think I finished it. <laughs> so I think I left. Um, but anyway, uh, 
Yeah, and so there are the movies that are really obvious, and then something else just kind of sneaks in, and they might be obvious for as a function of content or as a function of pedigree. You know, I don't think, for example, The Descendants is obvious as far as its content, but because of Sideways and About Schmidt, I think mm-hmm. at that point there's always the possibility. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, uh, so yeah, you've got like you've got that, but I don't think. I certainly don't think that uh, Michel Hazanavicius, I think that's how you say it, right? Sounds great to Okay, me. sounds good. Um, I don't think that was greenlit or made with any kind of Oscar expectations. Hmm. Um, but I might be wrong. You know, uh, it's certainly not to the point where like people saw it and said, well, clearly this is the one. I, I guess maybe I tend to be wary of anything the Weinsteins like acquire that like, is true so maybe yeah maybe it wasn't made with that but I think I do think that when the Weinsteins acquired it yeah yeah they have probably had those kind of yes. aspirations dreams of Oscar gold that's that's what they do um, now what I want to talk oh wait you want to go back to the avatar thing yeah well and that so that's that's the other reason that uh, somebody might want to release something uh, although I don't see a lot aside from the Hobbit um, I don't see a lot of that uh, this year um, well do you see um Obviously, I haven't heard much about the movie. I don't know many people who have... I don't think I know anybody who's who's seen it. But um, Zero Dark Thirty could essentially be an action movie. And that's, that's not true. something we usually see in December. But it depends on what... Uh, and I think... Uh, I've always... I, I've, for years now, treated The Hurt Locker as a sort of vindication for me. Mm-hmm. Because I have been championing Catherine Bigelow for as long as I've had opinions about films. Right. Um... And uh, as a longtime Catherine Bigelow supporter, I believe she will make an action movie. Um, yeah, I think so. Uh, and it will have all the other stuff that the the Hurt Locker and the Hurt Locker is an action movie too, in in its own way. Sometimes it's very uh, hermetic and insular. Yeah. Um, and, and I guess it's an action movie, but I, I think it is. I think of it like a war movie, obviously, but it's it's almost like a. a a war suspense film than like yeah. an action movie. But yeah, that's, maybe that's just me. But maybe he goes off on his like sort of solo mission into the, uh, the, the right. town, uh, you know, that's kind of an action. I always forgot about that. Part. I thing. didn't particularly care for it. Um, the, uh, I think it sold well, the extended thing with, with, um, Ray, the scene with Ray finds yeah. is, I guess that is more suspense, but that's things are happening that happen in an action movie. Right. Um, but if you, I think if you look at the opening scene of the Hurt Locker, it's suspense, but also but the way it's presented and shot is yeah. uh, is big in an act, in an action movie sort of way. The way when the bomb goes off, you see the dirt rise up or the dust come off the the car. Yeah. Uh, that's 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 and, some Michael Bay shit right there, but done much more. Art, yeah, and maybe that, and maybe that's my problem is that these days I'm comparing it to action movies these days, which do not have the patience that. Uh, that the Hurt Locker has. Is the Hurt Locker your favorite Catherine Bigelow movie? Name some others. Uh, Point Break is probably still my favorite. Okay. Um, Dark Horse runner-up would be uh, Blue Steel, okay. which I don't think you've seen, I right? I haven't seen it. Um, uh, what's the the vampire one with Lance Hendrickson? Uh, Near Dark? Near Dark. Near Dark, she did that. Uh, I haven't Stra- seen it. Strange Days. Oh, st- oh Strange Days. Oh. Um, oh. I feel like I'm missing a big one here, but... Uh, yeah, the, maybe. The, those are those are the main ones. Po- I think Point Break and, and Blue Steel. Uh, Blue, Blue Steel and Hurt Locker are sort of tied in ways that like 
you know, I recently had to make a decision as to whether I like uh, Amor or the Avengers better. And it's like, <laughs> it's so hard to compare them. And even though Catherine Bigelow made both Blue Steel and, and Hurt Locker, it is difficult to compare them. Yeah. So they're both at number two. Point Break is still my favorite. Uh, it's pro- it probably Hurt Locker for me. Um, I do like Strange Days quite a bit, but I haven't seen it in a while. Um, I feel like there are probably elements to that movie that I would probably roll my eyes at now um, from a script standpoint. But... Uh, yeah, and but, so okay, this I, gets into. But do you think zero, do you think Zero Dark Thirty like? Because that's the thing. There there are two. Maybe there's not merely two options. I feel like because of the Hurt Locker getting so much Oscar appreciation, and because of what Zero Dark Dark Thirty is, which is the story. It's a very. It's something that Americans kind of can, can kind of get behind to a certain extent. You know, as far as like soldiers doing this very his, this very historically significant thing uh, that did not happen that long ago. Now, whether you think uh, Osama bin Laden should have uh, been killed or not, it's still that story being told. And well, so there is, there's an Oscar pedigree there. Let me ask you this. Okay. And this is, again, we're getting into more like movie businessy stuff on this episode than I don't I like to do would. it, but yeah. And we're, it's not something we really enjoy talking about. Yeah. But do you think, how do you think it's marketed? Do you think it's going to be marketed as this prestige oscar thing or do you think they'll go for being standing out by marketing it as an action movie or what's more likely will they cut two different trailers and show them in different places uh one action and one uh one heavy drama they seem to that's entirely possible but the trailer that i've seen they seem to actually in that rare instance be going for both this idea of like it's shot like like an action movie but the way in which they emphasize this is this historical you you have watched the trailer yes um, and just the way in which they emphasize, like, uh, that's not to say, and that trailer has been around a while. That's not to say that in the next month they won't uh, release some more as they try mm-hmm. to build uh, hype. Um, but yeah, they do seem to be trying to get whatever they can. Like, well, it might not, it's, there's possible it might not get crazy box office. The Hurt Locker sure didn't. Um, so in case it doesn't make a lot of money, it at least, because it's dealing with this important event and it's the person that made the Hurt Locker, it at least might get some Oscar consideration. So that way it's like a two-pronged attack there. Mm-hmm. And and it's possible it could get both. Um, but yeah, and and by the way, everything that we're saying now is a little cynical. Um, but of course, a filmmaker doesn't decide when a movie gets released. Yeah, so I think that, that's so why I'm, I'm, I'm okay is, with being cynical because yeah. we're, talk, we're not talking about the films themselves. We're talking about right. why they're released when they are... Um, but I guess uh, uh, you and I, even though we now, um, you know, are members of the press, you know, journalists, mm-hmm. we get press screenings and, and, and screeners and, and stuff like that. Um, we're still, I think, in a lot of ways more on the, we're certainly more on the consumer side than the critic side compared to people who go to Sundance and Cannes in Toronto. Yes. I agree. Every year. And that's something I would like to do. I had hoped to go to Sundance next year, but um we'll see. Yeah, money problems it's not it's probably not going to happen. No. Um uh yeah, you guys just didn't donate enough. That's <laughs> <laughs> kind of true. I mean, you know, uh like Yeah, I mean, I, I can't think what else to say. You guys, I thought you liked the show. Yeah, did, did not step up to the plate. No, 
Gave all your money to Oh Yeah Dude, apparently. <laughs> um, no, we are, we're joking. Kidding. Course, yeah, yes, no, yes. the donations are like, were, allow us to do the show. We don't, you know, it doesn't cost. Now, you know, we're able to cover the cost of storage and all these all these things. And, and uh, yeah, the donations are awesome. And we're a huge help. Keep them coming. Uh, anyway, so what I'm saying is to talk about this from a consumer point of view. Yeah. Um, it is, it gets to be overwhelming. And, uh, evidenced by the fact that, like, I, I keep throughout the year as I see movies, I keep a, a list of all the movies I've seen ranked, mm-hmm. and it generally doesn't move around that much. I mean, sometimes I think about something more, and I will move it up or down. Um, but you know, until pretty recently, you know, it's November now. Until pretty recently, Snow White and the Huntsman was still in my top ten of the year. Yeah, and, that that brings up a, a another I, thing. I've recently been able to see things like. Uh, Cloud Atlas and the comedy and American Scream that have like, uh, you know, knocked Snow White and the Huntsman out of the top ten. Spoilers yeah. for our top ten of the year episode. Snow White and the Huntsman will not make it. Yeah, maybe honorable mention, but probably not even that. Again, I really like the movie. Yeah, but um, it, it does. It, it is, I guess, frustrating to have this. Sometimes you don't you don't get to have the conversation about whether or not this is a good movie year for 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 nine of the 12 months of the year you're kind of in like wait and see mode yeah like you know i mean uh, last year you and i talked about whether or not it was a good movie year i was under the impression no but then there was a handful of movies that came Mm -hmm. out towards the end of the year that i hadn't seen and yeah it is it's one of those things where (laughs) you know i don't uh, i'm not sure what is going to come along to like knock uh the master is currently my favorite movie of the year. Uh, number two is the Avengers. Um, Avengers. I, I'm not going to give away too much, but Avengers has been knocked down to number four for me. Really? Yep. All right. I thought you were really committed to that. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> um, but like, I know. Okay. And this is, this is where you and I can, can afford to, you know, we're not involved in the in- industry in any way. And so, uh, and our general ignorance of, uh, of how, of like all the backroom deals that go on uh-huh. uh, about when something will be released. Um, that's where it plays to our advantage because now I can just talk about uh, what I wish were. Um, what I wish it were is what I meant to say. Sorry. I, anyway, I get it. So um, part of me wishes, like, wouldn't it be amazing if, like, something as high profile, certainly, not not a guarantee moneymaker, but, like, Something as high profile as Lincoln, isn't it? Wouldn't it be amazing if it was released at the end of June? <laughs> you know what I mean. And so, like, so one week you're seeing, I don't know what what came out. What, what are the blockbusters that came out this year? One oh, week you're seeing, let, the let's say the Avengers. Spider-Man. Yeah, sure. One week you're seeing the Amazing Spider-Man, and then the next week you're seeing Lincoln, and because in the same way, because I'm sure there are some people that once oscar season starts they don't see movies because they're just not that interested in them which is one of the reasons why putting uh you know putting avatar or sherlock holmes or something in that time of year is brilliant from a a box office standpoint but like maybe you just it's like those movies don't interest you so there you go in the same way i know that there are people you know that are closer to us that probably just kind of sit out summer movie season for the most part unless there's something that really jumps out at them and, uh, and you they do, just kind of sit it out. You do get a number of indies. I'm looking at just June right here. We had Your Sister's Sister and Beast of the Southern Wild came yeah. out this year. And uh, I guess July was kind of a 
but I'm talking about like in August you had compliance. Yeah. But I'm talking about like, yeah. And those are, but those would never be considered like you could have pushed all those to October and nobody would have batted an eye. Mm -hmm. Like everyone would have been like, Oh yeah, that's probably where they should have gone anyway. Um, I'm just saying that people like us don't necessarily have to sit out the summer. There's stuff for us. But as far as, as far as like a, the major national conversation, right, right. Think about it. Like the amazing Spider-Man, damn you. <laughs> no. There's one right there. That's a bingo one. You saying the man, the with the, your man thing. But yeah, I don't but know how do how, you? Yeah, how do you describe yeah. it on a bingo card? David intentionally pronounces things. Yeah, like David a mispronounces. Weird yeah, David mispronounces things with man at the end. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Or land. I do it with land. That's true. Too. Yeah, yeah. You're you got multiple layers too. So did I ever um, tell you how this whole that all started? Well, start with Zombieland, right? No, if this goes back to living in Chicago. Okay, and I completely stole this from my coworker uh, Dusty. Okay, um, at the video store because he would refer refer to clipboards as clippers. <laughs> <laughs> and it just became a, like he started doing it, and then it just became a thing that he and I did just find weird ways to pronounce things, and that's that's where it all stems from. All right, okay, so this is a, this is a vintage. Vintage David. Yeah, it's been going on for a long time. Um, and I only feel like I have to say that because I know there are people who have been on the show, such as Paul Goebel or Jimmy Pardo, who also get laughs out of intentionally mispronouncing things. Yes. And I don't want to be accused of biting their style. Yes, yes. Um, yes, I do enjoy it. It is one of those things where it was, it's intentional, but now it's just you. Uh-huh. Like Goebel saying robot. Right. Yeah. It's just how he says it now. Yeah. Uh, it stopped being conscious a long time <laughs> ago. But so imagine... Uh, within, within a week, you can go see Amazing Spider-Man and you can go see Lincoln. And I mentioned Lincoln because it's from Spielberg. It is a big movie by, uh, you know, by all accounts. And so it's entirely possible that if you were to release that movie in the summer, it would make a fair amount of money. Like people might be excited to see it. Um, more so as opposed to just kind of sitting out an entire season and what's more, and this might be me being very idealistic, uh-huh. it might even change the nature of a mainstream consumer conversation because cause now you're not merely comparing blockbusters to blockbusters. Now you're comparing and, and, and just being like, oh, that's pretty good for a summer movie. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. And in the same way, a movie that's I remember uh, last week Faden was talking about Sleepy Hollow and he said he didn't like it that much, but he also said maybe he was spoiled by such a great movie year. Mm-hmm. And if it came out now, he might actually like it in the same way. There might be like, you know, uh, Oscar Beatty type of movies that are good, but they actually, they might even be very good, but they look merely adequate compared to sure. these other prestige uh, films. But you release them earlier in the year and you realize, no, these are just genuinely good movies. You know, uh, a movie that came out a couple of years ago, uh, The King's Speech, which, yes, went on to win uh, way too many Oscars. Um, <laughs> you know, but I say that because it was up against other movies that can't, you know, like The Social, the Social Network, Network. And, and, and for my for me, Black Swan and uh, The Fighter. Twenty Seven Hours? When did was that, that come out? Was that a was that a fall or winter release? I don't know. I, I think it was September. Okay, so like these these movies that are undoubtedly better, and so now you get and and there is the the kind of curse of winning best picture, which is people immediately say it's one of the worst movies of all uh-huh. time. Um, but uh, 
but yeah, like think about it. Like that's a genuinely good, if not very good movie with some really moving moments and some great performances. If that came out in, let's say May or June mm-hmm. and it got a, pu- a, a fairly big push from the studio, of course it wouldn't be a big man- money maker, but like we might actually say like, that's a, that's a really good movie. And other people might see it just because it's a big high profile movie. There are people out there. I don't understand them, but there are people out there that if a movie gets enough hype, they'll see it. Right. If it's a certain type of movie, you know, now let me, let me ask you this. Okay. I'm looking at stuff that did come out earlier in the year that, that might, that might get some Oscar or other awards talk. Okay. And it's mostly, or it's almost completely indie stuff. Okay. Uh, the deep blue sea, Bernie, the best exotic marigold hotel, uh, moon ice kingdom, which I guess is not really indie anyway. Um, it's indie ish. Your sister, sister, beast of the Southern wild, that sort of thing, mm-hmm. uh, came out in the first half of the year. um, now, I've talked before how I think in the future there will be less of a distinction between studio and indie mm-hmm. because I think it'll be a lots of sort of micro or niche studios producing things for certain audiences. Mm-hmm. So you think as that line blurs, also as the window between theatrical release and home video continues to, to shorten. Yeah. Uh, and home video itself is an antiquated term because there's all sorts of other ways to yeah. watch it. And also as the line between theatrical viewing and home viewing blurs for many, many consumers, do you see this, this seasons thing becoming less, uh, as you said, we're already seeing summer blockbusters come out mm-hmm. in March, like, like the hunger games. Um, do you see the seasonal thing being less of a concern for, for awards? As well? I, th- I think so. I mean, when you, th- I mean, we keep bringing up the Hurt Locker. I mean, that came out really mm-hmm. early in the year. Yeah. Um, it and especially, I mean, these days, you know, there's this, there's the whole screener thing, which they've been doing that on videotape for a while. But like, I don't think they, I don't think they do it as much as they do now. I mean, now anything that could even maybe even slightly be considered for an Oscar gets be, a gets a screener. It'll be even easier. In years to come, as there won't even be physical screeners, it'll just be yeah. email the link. I mean, you and I get those from time to time, yeah. just a, an online screener, just and enter I, this and password. I, I've heard people say that, as far as Oscars go, the Academy is still too old to be able to deal with the idea of just being sent a link. Yeah. Uh, that seems a little cynical, but that's just, uh, that's an opinion that or I've heard. I'm just happy they're okay with discs at this point. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, no reel to reel here. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, do you see this uh, becoming less of a concern? Yeah, I do. I I think so. I think it's one of those things like if something gets released in January, February, that's probably still too early because people are still thinking in terms of the the previous year. Yeah, that's a good point. Um, Um, Or, well, here's the other option. The other scary thing mm -hmm. as the summer blockbuster season expands, does this does the Oscar season or award season condense even further? Do we get everything in the last six weeks of the year? That's po- let me let me uh, look at uh, September real quick. Like okay, so what are some? I mean, are the because summer movie season really does seem to mostly stop at September. Yeah, yeah, and I didn't like, put summer movies on this list, so I can't really okay. Because what? Because I think what's going to start happening, or it or it already has, is it's going to summer movie season is going to start earlier mm-hmm. for a while. And then that will be saturated too. May at this point is summer movie season. Mm-hmm. Okay. And now they're starting to do, and then with Hunger Games being a totally, vi- was that April or March? That was March. That was March. Yeah. Okay. So something like Hunger Games coming out as early as March, 
and doing so well. Yeah. Now, I think it came it did so well because there was nothing else for people to see and if yeah. if they saturate March and April then that's part of why be the same deal. Well, I guess 5 years ago now, um 300 came out in March, I think, and yeah. had a 70 million dollar opening weekend. Yeah. Uh which is pretty impressive. Pretty impressive still. Hunger Games beat that though. Had oh yeah, than, way, way more than seventy. Million. And admittedly, it was like a you know pre-existing property, and there's that as well. But at the same time, oh, like, and it was a good movie as opposed to three hundred. Yes, which I still think. As you I, know, I'm not a huge fan of Hunger Games, but come on, yeah, uh, I, better than three hundred. Three hundred. I, I know I'm being maybe a, a little bit contrarian or uh, facetious when I when I say this, but maybe even a little formalist. No, but three hundred. I think. I need to try to think about it. Might be the worst movie made in my lifetime, but I, I, I need to, I, I that, need to spend more time. That cannot be possible. <laughs> uh, I'm pretty sure I might. Uh, I'm pretty sure I dislike it more. There are some aspects to that movie no, that true. are that I are very very more. good. I don't know. I don't know about those. I think it has a really nice visual sense. I oh, think it overuses it. I and, disagree. You know, I think there's some good performances in there. Um, I think uh, I do. What's the name? Um, the guy who played Zer- uh, Xerxes. I don't know. I don't know. I think he did a good job. I think Dominic West did a good job. Um, there, there's some, there's some good in that movie. It is r- squandered and ruined, but, uh, but I, I would not. I certainly would not say it's the worst movie to come out in my lifetime. I, I might, I might think that it is. Uh, there's always Pearl Harbor. <laughs> uh, you know what, Pearl Harbor. Both I, of them, think- e- both of them equally earnest. By the way. But I think the problem is that 300, 300 looks, uh, this is what I'm reacting to, 300 looks different from other movies, so people think of it as a movie that is maybe somehow a tourist or has some consideration gone into it the way, mm-hmm. but I think it was, might actually be the least considered movie. Oh, <laughs> well, like, yeah. It, it was, it, you it, and I have talked about that with 300 and Watchmen, is that... Yeah, that he's just uh, like some sort of adaptation machine could have directed that movie. Uh, whereas Pearl Harbor as unconscionably, uh, irresponsible and, uh, it's all around horrific. Immoral. Yeah. That yeah. movie is choices were made. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's because those choices were made that I think makes it worse. You know, I'm sure cause I'm sure Zack Snyder just thought like, well, I gotta be true. You know, he respected the comic book enough that he's like, well, I gotta be true to this. Whereas, but I think he didn't, he didn't even consider what he was making. Like at least Michael Bay, I feel like he could, I feel like he could make an argument for the choices he made. It, it would be not you know, good in my opinion. I would disagree with it, but I feel like Zack Snyder isn't even the director of the movie. He's just the medium through which the movie was well, the question, brought from page to screen. The question becomes, uh, let's, let's, Let's go in uh, fantasy terms. There's the wizard who accidentally conjures an evil demon. Sure. And then says, what have I done? And then probably kills himself or something. And then there is... He doesn't battle the demon? He doesn't try to undo it? No, he's a a bad wizard, and he thought he was going to do something that would get him power. uh, And then he winds up being kind of the imp uh, of of this demon, and oh, the sure. hero has to kill the demon. Yeah, yeah. We've, so yeah, we've seen that unfold countless times in Buffy and Angel. A- have we really? Yeah. Oh, okay. I I, I, don't was, know about I was speaking definitely. in totally uh, abstract terms. I don't even think in terms of fantasy, but I enjoyed the idea of this, as opposed to the wizard who knows exactly what he is doing and uh, conjures the demon. And uh, there's arguments to be made for either one being terrible. Mm-hmm. Either way, there's that demon. 
But no, but yeah, but you're talking about this 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 first with the wizard in the first cat in category the first. Um, <laughs> was still trying to do something and it went wrong. Right. I, I'm talking about a wizard who, I don't know, spoke a spell in his sleep without even meaning to. Like okay. Uh, th- there's no there's no decision ma- gone into it. Maybe maybe the wizard in this instance got duped by somebody. Okay. And just believed it. Okay. In the same way that uh, Zack Snyder was duped by Frank Miller, as we all were. Um, uh, <laughs> yeah, you did, don't don't look Frank Miller in the eye. <laughs> um, incidentally, I feel like that's a uh, that's a conversation worth having having in another episode. Maybe even doing a whole episode about the worst movies of our lifetime. Okay. Yeah. Because um, there are bad movies, and and how we determine that. But I feel like we should have a guest on for that. Because I feel like uh, you always want to have a guest. Because I feel like a conversation like that would be quite entertaining to have one of our comedian guests talk about it. Okay, or a Pat Healy or something like that. Um, anyway, where the hell did we? How the hell did we get there? Three hundred March. Got it. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah. So that's the thing is, you know, something like three hundred and Hunger Games comes out early, makes a lot of money. So the studio mentality is just like, oh, money can be made now. We thought it couldn't be made until June or now May. I guess we can make it in March and April. Awesome. So then that'll be saturated. But then I think they still understand that they can't really do the the January, February thing. I think those will still be dumping grounds except for, you know, uh, rom-coms for Valentine's Day. Um, and a lot of the, like, a lot of the movies that I, that, that I talked about, you know, coming out at the end of the year, like I think Zero Dark Thirty doesn't actually go wide until 2013. Okay, I think yeah. it, it comes out at the end of December to qualify for for awards. Yeah, but I, I so I, I think that's so. There's the dumping ground for those uh, crappy movies, but then there's also the spillover. And it's entirely possible that uh, summer movie season, and I hate to put it in those terms because now we're talking about winter and spring and all that. But um, it's entirely possible that see, I view it as like a spreading cancer. Uh-huh. Okay, <clears throat> it has started to it is take it's starting to take over spring. Mm-hmm. And now, and I imagine that once it has taken over all of spring, it will then start moving into fall. Now, what it's, that's how I see it. What it might be is a bunch of different, like, you know, like your, your lung cancer, uh, and your stomach cancer, they meet in the middle. Cause I think what it might be. So now these awards movies are a cancer too. No, no. What I mean is zero dark 30. Let's, let's say it's not that good. Um, okay. It probably will be very good, but let's let's for the sake of argument say it, it's not. It's a film that absolutely could make money. It is an action movie, um, and it's coming out in December. I think Avatar and Titanic before, but certainly Avatar has shown that like if you release something that people want, that the the masses and I don't say that uh, in a derogatory way, uh, that the masses want to see, you release in December, you've got January. You might even have February, and so suddenly, summer movie season. It, it it winds up getting February and December, but uh, February and January, but going through December as opposed to going through March. I see. And so now something springs up in December and it's sort of it, through uh, through deceit mm-hmm. and uh, and, uh, you know, certain machinations just takes January <laughs> and February. And, and, and it does called avataring. From now on. Abs- oh, oh, I would love that. It, it, it avatars January. And so January's then, been avatared by Zero Dark Thirty. So then, 
So then I think we wind up with what you're talking about. I think then like October, November, and then December, certainly, uh, that's award season. But I think you'll also, I think that then once December has taken, once, once summer <laughs> movie season using December has taken January and February, uh, and wizards and dragons, uh, since I'm speaking about weird things today, I'm just going to start <laughs> saying all kinds of weird shit. Um, then it's entirely possible. It might it's just like, hey, people see movies in thanks uh, on Thanksgiving, boom. Then you got November. Then you already have you already have not summer movie season. You've got horror movie season in October, mm-hmm. and suddenly there you've got you've got a little uh, uh, what do you like a not a fortress or something, but uh, stronghold. You got a little stronghold in October now, and so now. You can spread out from October. You can get September and November, okay. and before you know it, summer movie season is all year long. And well, the movies that we, the Oscar movies, probably don't make nearly as much money. Um, Not that they make a lot of money. Here's, anyway. I'll, I'll be the, I'll be the optimist then. Okay, I'll say what's going to happen is that these seasons are going to disappear, and you are going to get things like Lincoln in June, and uh, then you're going to get things like, I don't know, what's some crappy movie? Uh, what was the one? What was the Catherine Heigl movie this year? Uh, one for the money. Oh. You get one for the money in December. Yeah, uh, yeah, you would. Uh, yeah, I think I, I I'll be optimistic. I'm going to say these boundaries are going to erode, and it's just going to be just going to see movies whenever. And that's and that's the thing. As cynical as what and dark as as what I just said is, like I think that will have to, that will happen, and then studios will will come to realize they can release movies literally whenever. Yeah. And so then, yes, you'll start getting like really great movies at any time of the year and shitty movies any time of the year. And so then I think it's entirely possible. There's always something to see. There's always something to see. Yeah. All right. As opposed to like an entire month where I'm not seeing anything. I think we quite organically got to a good wrapping up place. But I do want to ask you before we wrap up, uh, three awards movies haven't come out yet that you're excited about. I'm going to start, as listeners might have guessed from the from the fact that I've brought it up a billion times this episode, Zero Dark Thirty. Okay. Uh, also, Rust and Bone. Okay. And Django Unchained. Okay. Uh, Anna Karenina. Okay. And by the way, I, I, I'm not necessarily a big fan of Joe Wright, but man, that movie looks like he's making some interesting choices. I agree with that. Um, uh, well, you've seen him more. I haven't, yep. but I'm excited for it. You're going to love it. Um, uh, yeah, I know I will. And... Uh, since you already said Django Unchained, I'm going to say Les Miserables. I'm glad you did, because um, that would be my fourth one. Because I'm not much of a musical guy, but I do like that musical in general, mm-hmm. and uh, and I'm interested to see. And there's some interesting casting choices there. I'm fascinated by the choice of Russell Crowe, because while he is a singer, uh, he's not that that type of singer. Yeah. So how? And have you seen Les Miserables? Uh, the, not the musical. No. The, okay, Javert has to belt it out. To the point of like, aside from uh, uh, Fontaine, which is played by Anne Hathaway, aside from that character, like he has like some of the biggest songs Yeah. as far as just like filling the stage and just like holding a note and just just throwing it out there. I don't think Russell Crowe can do that. (laughs) I want to go back 10 years ago and tell myself in 2012, Russell Crowe will be in a kung fu movie and a musical and it will not be considered a backslide in his career. It will be a cool new thing that he's doing. Yeah, it'll be a cool new thing. It'll be uh it'll be a resurgent Russell Crowe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, somehow uh the totally forgettable Robin Hood just didn't do it. Are you Why uh, don't they make another Master and Commander movie, uh, damn it? I don't know. 
Uh, are they you could. In, are you interested in seeing the man with the iron fists? You know what? I wasn't, and now that might be the thing I'm interested in most in my life. <laughs> uh, I spent the day listening to the soundtrack on Spotify. It's a lot of fun. Oh, I'm sure because it, it has both like like new Wu Tang stuff and some RZA uh, stuff, like yeah. you know, hip hop stuff, and some score that is very sort of uh, any Morricone inspired. Oh, I have no doubt. Um, and. The thing is this, okay, and I don't want to bring the topic back up, but this is exactly, you know, now I'm very, I was, I was on the fence until right now about this topic. That's not true. But, uh, you know, I, I was kind of iffy about like, well, it's like, this is, it's an interesting topic to bring up for the time of year, certainly, but like, why is he bringing it up? But now that you've mentioned this, I do want to see that movie, but I'm not going to. Here's why. There are other movies I want to see. Oh, there are other saying, movies yeah. I feel like you're I need to see. You're not boycotting it. You're just no. like, you're not going to be able to make it. I would love forward. to see it. If it came out in August, I'd absolutely see it. Mm-hmm. But as it is, you know, I want to see Skyfall. Skyfall, by the way, summer movie comes out in November. Um, like, did, Is that true of... Uh, when uh, did, Bond movies come out in, in November uh, often. Is that, is yeah. that true? Like I mentioned Thanksgiving. I remember seeing, I think, two Bond movies in a row in the, in the uh, late 90s that is came this out in Thanksgiving. Two hours and 25 minutes. Is this the longest Bond movie? I think... Uh, I don't think so. I think uh, maybe it's weird that I know this since I'm not yeah. a Bond fan, but Quantum of Solace is the shortest. Yeah. It's like only by the way, there's a so. bingo thing right there. Your lack of yeah. your distaste for James Bond. Uh, I'm, I'm almost sorry. like, like intensely indifferent. About, yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, Quantum of Solace is the, is the shortest. I want to say on her majesty's secret service is the current longest, but I don't know if it's longer than two hours and 25 minutes. Two twenty five sounds pretty long. So I wouldn't be surprised, but, uh, but yeah, so like I want to see skyfall and I'll probably see that first. Like, and I want to see Lincoln. I feel like I've now lost. I feel like the window has shut for me to see, for me to see flight. I really wanted to see flight. I was really excited, but you know, stuff comes up in my life. I wound up having to go see like some screenings. Mm-hmm. I'm definitely going to see flight. I haven't seen it yet, but uh, I'm super excited about it. I just, I feel like there's like, for this time of year, I feel like there's a week and a half to two week window where I'm really interested in something and I'm not not interested in flight anymore, but now it's just like, okay, something else right, has yeah. shown up and now I got to see this because I don't know, it's, it's very frustrating. And of course, it's a free country. I can see whatever I want, but it's just, and partially I, I feel some pressure as a result of doing this show and wanting to stay somewhat current and yeah. that sort of thing. But yeah. Uh, but yeah, so I've definitely felt that in recent recent years. Yeah. So listeners, feel free to uh, weigh in if you want. And how would they do that, David? Oh, you, well, what you do? Well, first off, I imagine you know this, but in case you don't, um, you can find us at battleshippretension.com and you can weigh in by leaving comments on the on the episodes. That's the thing that has been happening more and more often. I know, I love it, and I love it too. Uh, and I am unlike when we had the message board. I actually will engage. Uh, on the on the comment section you sure will uh what does that mean i mean when somebody uh calls me uh calls you a milk toast liberal and calls me the hardest core right winger <laughs> you will go right into them i did yeah um but also i mean to just w- with the the responses from last week's episode i've been yeah i've been uh, interacting and saying like saying yes for instance uh i am Sorry that we didn't mention the fact that Gene Siskel died in 1999. Yeah. It was on my list of things to talk about, and we just didn't get to it. Yeah. Um, and also, yes, 1994 was also an amazing year. And it, it sure was. Like, that guy, um, 
who commented said that and pointed out some things and i went and looked up 1994 and like holy cow yeah 1994 was a great year for movies yeah if we do a series on that which i think we should although it doesn't have to be like one after another like i think it's something we can dip into from time to time sure yeah. i mean obviously there's 2007 there's you know 94 there's 41 there's 39 like there's 75 um you know there's a there's a lot of good stuff uh in various years i didn't mean to I didn't mean to down. I, I don't mean to say that ninety nine is the best, and thus every other year sucks. Yeah. Like that is not <laughs> what I was saying. Um, so anyway, that's at battleship pretension battleship pretension dot com. Um, you can email us personally if what you say is not fit for public consumption. Uh, at David at we battleship run a family website. That's not yeah. True. No, we're not. Uh, David at battleship pretension dot com or Tyler at battleship pretension dot com. You can follow me, David, on Twitter. At the pretension, you can follow Tyler on Twitter at More Lessons. That's the official Twitter of his other uh, podcast award nominated podcast, More Than One Lesson, which is at More Than One Lesson dot com. And my other podcast, when I get around to it, is Previously On. That's at Previously On Show dot com. And I did. I, I mentioned this once a couple years ago. Uh, pardon me, a couple weeks ago. But I wanted to uh, to reiterate that there is a, a new member of the fleet, and that is Sequel Cast. Sure. Uh, they've put out a few episodes now, and so you can uh, you can find that on uh, battleshipretention.com. Yeah, so. they recently did an episode about Gremlins 2, the new batch, yep. one of the few examples of a movie that I think is better than the original. Man, why are you starting up a whole new episode right now? Because the thing is this. Actually, not a whole new episode, but uh, I don't think it's better. I just think it's different. It's a, it's like a different tone. One is much more, frankly, much more uh, Chuck Jones, mm-hmm. which, as we know, uh, you know, Joe Dante is a fan of. I think the new batch is much more like cartoonish, and then uh, the first Gremlins is much more. There's comedy there certainly, but I think it's much more uh, like actually horrifying. So maybe it just it just speaks to me more. Probably it, to me, it's the difference between Alien and Aliens. Like there, even though it's one filmmaker that made both, yeah. but like. Uh, people say like I like aliens and nine times out of ten that person prefers action to suspense yeah and I actually I like alien more yeah me too I also like um, I prefer Terminator to, to Terminator 2 and I know, I know a lot of people uh, disagree with that but I just like how lean Terminator is and much like alien both alien and Terminator one is considered science fiction and one is considered action or, or what have you yeah um, even though they're both but, science fiction and but they're also they also both follow the loose a loosely horror slasher film oh uh, absolutely uh, layout uh, and maybe, so maybe that's just something that speaks to me anyway yeah Gremlins two the other movie I always do you know what I'm saying the uh, always my go to for sequels that are better than the original Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey oh that's right yes because okay. you know what I should have remembered that because uh, I put that in my my movie yeah well okay Gremlins two was basically like. Joe Dante was being begged for years to make a sequel to Gremlins. He finally said, okay, I'll do it, but this is the weird thing I'm going to do. Yeah. Uh, very different from Gremlins. And I, I don't know what the story is of how Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey got made, mm-hmm. but it is so weird. <laughs> like, yeah. It's such a departure. It's, it's There's not any time travel until the very end. Yeah. Uh, Bill and Ted, the stars of the franchise, are killed in like 10 minutes into the movie. <laughs> they die. And then... Then the movie becomes it's pretty bogus, this like uh, weird sort of like uh, 
this philosophy of like the afterlife and intelligence and then um riffs on ingmar bergman and yeah like it is such a bizarre they go to hell and hell is like not uh, oh it does have one part where it's like fiery and there's mm-hmm. a beast and everything but then it's like there are oh, it's like this weird interpretation of hell being um living within you and being a part of your worst memories and mm-hmm. and it's such an amazingly weird follow-up to bill and ted's excellent adventure and so well executed and super short under, a, under 90 minutes oh that's i i like that yeah. uh to a lesser extent um i feel that way about batman returns where mm-hmm. the first batman did so well and it's not like tim burton was not doing Bert, bertonian things in uh in that first film but it did so well it made so much money that warner brothers is just like can you make another one he's like yes i can <laughs> and just like just smiling to himself and just like would you guys mind if it's in black and white? They're like, well, we'd prefer it not be. It's like, okay, it'll be in color. Incidentally, everyone will have totally pale white skin <laughs> right. and just like, it makes it this crazy expressionistic nightmare of a film yeah. with like, uh, with a villain who's so disgusting, he's almost nauseating and it's like, so not a superhero movie, but you know, and that's the thing, like as much as we may rag on Tim Burton now, uh-huh. it, it Every choice he makes in Batman Returns is one that if I don't enjoy, which I enjoy many of them, I have a, just the utmost respect for. Well, there you go. We just got to fit in a mini episode at the end of our episode. Absolutely. Uh, but we should revisit that topic for real. I agree. All right. Uh, anything else? I think that's it. Thanks for listening. We'll get you next time. Bye. Bye.